show. Obviously, you're not a golfer. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken! Fuck that shit! Pops, food, ribbon! You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. So what's the problem? I don't know. Money, 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 money! I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Son of a bitch. Stole mine. You're a cantaloupe. <laughs> Welcome back to WTM. Watch this movie. I am your host, Eric Mulder. Eric, he is a bad, bad man. He's a bad dude. He's a bad hombre. <laughs> Just that kidding. Is correct. He's not an hombre. Uh, today, I am joined by Mr. Wolfie T. What's going on? Yeah. Wolfman's got nards. That's right. It's Thursday. Justice League's coming out today. Well, that's so what time is it? Six? It's 5.30. 5.30. I think all the show times around here start at six. Please. 30 to 90 minutes it'll be out, <laughs> depending on the theater you go to, I'm sure. Yeah. Jones was going to be with us today, but... Uh, he he pussied to, out. <laughs> he had to cancel a little under the weather, because we were going to record a top five episode right after this. Uh, top five movies to be thankful for. Yeah. Be thankful that that will probably still come eventually. Yeah, I'm sure in a couple of weeks. Um won't be able to record it next week prior to thanksgiving but it's not really a thanksgiving episode because there's we're not gonna be talking about thanksgiving movies it's movies that had an impact in your life or movie life just movies that you're you want to thank movies that show you something different movies that you're glad that were made and had an impact on your life or just had a, a broad impact in general yeah, there you go. Nothing too complicated. It can be. It can mean what you want. Yeah, yeah. More of a lighthearted episode. Just it was kind of you were in the mood for giving thanks. We wanted to thank some movies, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's never a bad time of the year to be thankful. <laughs> Especially Truly. now. Remember that. Think of the good things in life. Be positive. So, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, a little bit of film news. Obviously, Justice League comes out today. Today is November 16th. Yeah. 2017, year of our Lord. Currently, Rotten Tomatoes, 37%. Now, uh, back in the spring sometime, we had an episode where I guaranteed that this was going to be a fresh movie because they brought in uh, Joss Whedon. A lot of stuff has happened since then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joss Whedon, uh, known for his feminist TV shows and films yeah turns out to be uh opposite of a feminist kind of a douchebag and apparently he uh, really sexed up a lot of the characters that were in wonder woman that are also in justice league yeah and i wonder that, if that was him or snyder i don't yeah, know who it was either way it didn't go over very well yeah people were mad about because the amazonians have kind of like bikinis now yeah which yeah I, I see their point but also it's not like the costumes in wonder woman were modest yeah they were not, well, modest. not super modest but no you know 
I didn't see Wonder Woman, but I saw the side-by-side picture, and it's not that much different. They're showing midriff in this one. That's that's the biggest difference I noticed is, like, they had a one-piece in Wonder Woman, and there weren't a two-piece in Justice League. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I mean, these are warriors. They shouldn't be in bikinis. I'm like, well, they shouldn't have even been in those costumes in Wonder Woman either. Yeah. If it was going to be more, you know, realistic or authentic. It's like, well, what did they wear in the comic book? Just tight leather. <laughs> you know? It's, it's like, like spandex leather. <laughs> like, you know how these comic book writers draw their characters, and they're not necessarily going for the most practical of uh, outfits for certain characters and when you put it on screen are you gonna get mad because it looks more or less like what was on the page i mean yeah you kind of you kind of gotta expect that's what you're gonna get and obviously they want a broad audience but they know that their main demo is teenage and you know young uh young males mm. you know like the 13 to 35 range yeah. is their main demographic, primarily males. Mm-hmm. So what's going to bring in more guys to see this movie? Yeah, I think Wonder Woman skewed 52% female, which was like the you know the first time ever anything went female for comic book stuff. Yeah. But even so, that's 52 female. Right. So it, Justice League is going to do skew way more male. And and Wonder Woman, they went hard after that female demographic, mm-hmm. whereas like Justice League is more you know looking for the broader audience, and it may not you know be as interesting to females because it's not strictly about Wonder Woman. There's what like six or seven other heroes in there, mm-hmm. so um, they may not be as interested in this as they would be in Wonder Woman or. A sequel that's just Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's happened, uh, along with the Harvey Weinstein scandal, you know, Ben Affleck is in a little bit of hot water for uh, what they're calling a butt man. <laughs> and uh, which is, uh, God, what movie is that from? Like, butt man. Is it one of the Kevin Smith movies he's in? Oh. Oh, and uh, Mallrats? That's think what I was thinking. I think uh, they call him butt man in there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was that MTV host... That he like groped on TV. Yeah, it was like an actress 90s. who was doing an interview with him, and he got a little, uh, a little handsy with her. Yeah, and she was like nineteen or twenty or something like that. Yeah, which he was like twenty four at the time or something or twenty six. Yeah, it was, he was still in his twenties at least. It was the early aughts, it was like oh one or something like that. Yeah, I guess maybe late twenties. So yeah, but he had been around a little bit, and she was pretty new to the scene and mm-hmm. and so i know like i heard back when that was coming out like oh we should boycott justice league you know so <laughs> i had some oh i mean it wasn't widespread but there's at least a little bit of people that were like you know fuck justice league has been affleck's in it and joss whedon yeah. helped with the end of it and uh, at the end of production i should say affleck had all the ties to weinstein too mm-hmm. miramax you know and uh even though he denounced him right away like he said he had his own shit come up and Mm -hmm. it was not good um another thing i read about justice league was uh apparently it's pretty obvious to tell the parts that uh 
Zack Snyder directed versus the parts that Joss Whedon directed. Mm-hmm. Um, because their styles are so different that it, apparently it's very glaring when they switch directors from scene to scene. But I'm sure some people are just looking at the slow motion and thinking, oh, when the slow motion <laughs> stops, this is Joss Whedon now. Yeah. Which, I don't know. But, yeah, I've, some of the reviews I've read, they bitch and complain about the CGI in it. There's too much CGI. I'm like, have you seen any fucking Marvel movie ever? Yeah. Like, this isn't a problem to you. It's been a problem. I've brought it up about how much I hate CGI. I always... It's not needed. I mean, Marvel movies and these movies, yes, it's needed. Superman's got to fly. People don't fly. I, I get yeah. that. Different things like the Iron Man. He's got to fly everywhere and shoot explosive it's, beams and whatnot. I always think it's a little misleading when they call it live action when it's like 80% CGI. Mm-hmm. Green screen, yeah. You know, it's a cartoon. <laughs> it's an animated movie. Just because you got uh, Robert Downey Jr. in there, you know, show his face for, you know, 20 seconds every five minutes. Okay, you can call it live action, but, you know, the vast majority of his scenes are in CGI. He's not actually there. Yeah, it looks like a lot of the big action scenes in Justice League involved, like, the parademons, I think they're called. Like, the flying monster things. There's, you know, like, thousands of them. And uh, I'm like, well, have you seen the end of Avengers? (laughs) Aliens from the... Well, I I guess you can call them aliens. From another realm, I guess. From... uh, is it from Asgard? Loki's people? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't fucking know. matter. Um, regardless, it's just, there's it like a thousand flying CGI things that the Avengers were fighting. And all they did was, they, hey, let's put the six Avengers together in a circle on a street. And we'll put like eight overturned cars next to them. And then that's it. Yeah. And they're just going to turn around and there's a green screen around them the whole time. And it's just a bunch of flying shit, CGI stuff flying into other CGI stuff and exploding. Yeah. So it's like, this wasn't a problem for you guys before. Right. And like a lot of people like that stuff and that's fine. I'm not a big fan of it. I know it's a means to an end for these comic book movies. I mean, you're not going to be able to go to one without seeing CGI. So I just kind of put up with it. I've always liked practical effects over CGI, but I don't know. It's like, I mean, it's fine. I mean, uh, the Hulk, all he is is CGI. It's like Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk. Like Mark Ruffalo is barely in the fucking movie yeah any of them he's bruce banner for like three minutes and then all of a sudden he's you know he's not there yeah he's a cgi hulk which i don't that's fine cgi hulk but then don't bitch about justice league having too much cgi yeah it doesn't make any fucking sense so i don't know i definitely won't see justice league in the theater because i don't see most movies in the theater but i may give it a try just because i like uh most of the Batman movies that have been made, but seems like critics are saying it's better than Suicide Squad and uh, Batman vs Superman. But you know, that's well, I like I liked Suicide Squad. Oh, you know, even though a lot of people didn't, uh, Batman vs Superman was a little meh. Uh, See, I'm the opposite with you. It was I, I didn't I kind of liked Batman vs Superman. I mean, enough. I mean, um, it was it was decent, um, but there it was really long, mm-hmm. and there were, there were a, a few scenes where it's like, uh, okay, I don't really care yeah. for this. Um, Suicide Squad, I I was entertained through the whole thing. I didn't, you know, I wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
it wasn't like a a masterpiece or anything, but but there's enough uh, you know action and you know comedy and uh, you know things like that to keep you interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't as serious as like Man of Steel or Batman or Superman. Uh, and I have a feeling that Justice League is going to be another super serious movie, at least for the most part. So it seems I, like it's more lighthearted. Really? I, yeah. There's they put more jokes in and a lot of awkward, funny exchanges between awkward. the superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's another problem. It's the the earlier DC Universe movies were so heavily criticized that studio panicked. Yeah. Said we got to change it for the fans. Well, they did. They changed Justice League for you fans. So if it sucks, all you all you have to blame is yourself because yeah. people wouldn't stop bitching about it. So that, that's why I think, I mean, Suicide Squad turned into a pile of shit because uh, Batman vs. Superman came out. Oh, it's too dark. Everything's too dark. You know, it needs to be like a Marvel movie. It needs to be funny and lighthearted. So what did they do to Suicide Squad? They re-edited it. They put in a shit ton of fucking music, put in more jokes, less dark, I guess. I don't know if... Uh, I don't know, they probably just took out the darker aspects of the plot, basically. Made it more lighthearted. Yeah, they try to make it more fun. And what happens at Suicide Squad? Are you guys happy with that? Well I well, I think the one thing that hurts Suicide Squad is they put the Joker in all the uh promotional stuff for it. Mm-hmm. Even though he was an ancillary character, he was just side character that was in you know, mostly flashbacks. And then uh, just a little bit. He wasn't part of the main group or the main storyline or anything like that. Yeah. And so people go there thinking, oh, my God, Jared Leto's the Joker. This is going to be awesome. And then he's only in there for like 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. which I thought was perfectly adequate for the role he was playing. Uh, but there are a lot of people that said, oh, it needed more Joker. Where was the fucking Joker? He's like, well, it's not about the Joker. So if you're going yeah. in thinking that the Joker is going to be the main character. They definitely marketed it like he was a main yeah. character. So that is the marketing's fault. So, I mean, that's, like you said, that's the fault of the marketing team. That doesn't necessarily mean the movie's bad. Yeah. it's It means that it's not what you thought it was going to be. So you're disappointed or mad or felt, you know, like you were uh, misled and therefore you think the movie sucked but you know if you went in not thinking that without those expectations you might have liked it a little more Mm -hmm. you know because there were a lot of fun characters that uh were really entertaining in that so and with suicide squads somewhat fail i mean it made a bunch of money and they're gonna make a sequel but i mean critically it's a failure and disappointed a lot of people um, that coupled with Batman vs Superman led to Justice League being under two hours. That was a that's a little shocking. That to was be uh, the movie studio demanded that it was under two hours. They weren't going to release the movie if it was over two hours, so they made them cut it down. So critics, uh, I saw some other reviews. Or it's kind of a clunky story. It's not that cool. coherent. It's like, well, that's most superhero <laughs> movies, but. Um, you may have a point there that's probably clunky. I'm sure they took out different um, scenes that would have provided more exposition and maybe a deeper meaning behind the characters and their relationships, stuff well, like that. What was the last Zack Snyder movie that was under two and a half hours? 
I don't know. Like Sucker what, Punch, maybe? Well, when's the last superhero movie that's under two hours? Well, Suicide Squad was, wasn't it? I don't think. It could have been. Not sure. I don't know. But I'll look it up. You know, Zack Snyder, he he obviously likes to make really long movies. So if he went in, if they, if they put that... Uh, two hours and three minutes for Suicide Squad. So okay. still over two hours. So if they put that demand in that it had to be under two hours after the creative process had started, you know, it's possible that Zack Snyder had written a three-hour movie or mm-hmm. whoever the his writing partner was that wrote the movie. And then, you know, he's like, oh, shit, now I got to cut a third of this out? Yeah. You know, so. I mean, pretty much every Marvel movie is about two hours and 20 minutes. It's right in that time frame. A couple of them go a little longer. I think Civil War is two and a half. A lot of them are like, you know, two hours, 23 minutes, things like that. Wonder Woman was about two hours and 20 minutes. Well, one of the complaints that always, you know, these superhero movies get is there's too many characters. I can't tell, you know, I can't keep them apart. I don't know who's who, what's going on. (laughs) And it's like, well, and then you complain it's too long. And (laughs) and it's like, well, if you got six main characters, there's only so much time you can... You know, there wasn't enough character development, but yeah. it was too long. I'm like, well, which one is it? <laughs> right. There's only so much time you can dedicate to each character when you only have two hours and six main characters to get to. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to build the characters so you can put them in their own movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have enough development to make people want to see them again by themselves. Well, not, you know, screwing any of the other characters up. By not developing them enough. Yeah. I'll see this in the theater. Not until next week, probably. So I won't be part of the big first weekend box office push. Oh, no. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see it. I'm sure I'll think it's, eh, it's all right. Are the Wonder Twins in that one? The Wonder Twins? Or are they super, are they part of the Super Friends, not Justice League? I don't know. I don't know who the Wonder Twins are. They had the rings, uh, and then they, they activated the rings, and they could... Uh, shapeshift mm. and the there's a guy there's a boy and a girl or a, a man and a woman I don't know how old they were but the male twin could only uh, change into a form of water huh sounds fascinating they made jokes about it on Family Guy before so you I see there was a cartoon called Super Friends and they were part of the Super Friends they're very unpopular. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Winter twin powers activate. Form of bucket of water. Ah, <laughs> uh, another uh, tidbit of news. We've got some more rumors. I love rumors. There's a rumor going around that uh, Quentin Tarantino is eyeing up Tom Cruise as one of the two leads in his next film, which is big news. I forget what's his film gonna be. It's, Did they announce it? Uh, no, there's no title, uh, but there was a lot of buzz created a few months ago when it was revealed that it was going to revolve around the Manson murders. Oh, that's in right. The 60s. However, I think that's been overplayed because people were talking about, well, if this is a movie about the Manson murders, it's going to be really fucking bloody and dark. And like, yeah. obviously there's going to be humor, but be bloody and dark. And 
they don't seem like that'd be that bankable of a film. But from the people who've read the script, I'm hearing that uh, it has actually has a large commercial appeal, and it's more of a they compare it to Pulp Fiction closer than any of his other films. Hmm. Say it's a lot like Pulp Fiction than anything else that he's done. So I'm guessing it is like a a mis or like a mismatch of different storylines going on at the same time. So I'm sure the Manson thing is just one of like four or five storylines going on. I wonder if the Beach Boys will be in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could be. Because he he lived with uh, one of them. Uh, was it Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson? I don't know if it was Brian. It might have been one of his brothers. Yeah, I, f- I forget. I can't remember. I know the Beach Boys recorded one of Manson's songs, and he was pissed. <laughs> And the guy, the Wilson brother that he was living with, had to move out of his own house because uh, Charles was a little upset that they recorded his song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Tom Cruise, along with Brad Pitt, apparently are being eyed for lead roles. And Margot Robbie is possibly being eyed for Sharon Tate. Ooh. So that'd be a good role for her. She She's Tanya Harding this January. Yeah, that seems. I Tanya movie uh, comes out. I yeah, that seemed like a a weird fit. Her playing Tanya Harding because she's Margot Robbie and Tanya Harding's <laughs> Tanya Harding. <laughs> it's like, how am I supposed to believe she's Tanya Harding? <laughs> Maybe they did a good job. I don't know. But uh, if Tom Cruise is going up for the Charles Manson role, he's about to the right size. Yeah, I don't know if that is the role, but. I'm just excited that he could be in a Tarantino movie. Did you hear Charles Manson's in the hospital, though? Yeah, that came out today. Yeah. Not doing so hot. I think he just got married last year, too. Yeah. He had he had health problems last year, so who knows how long he'll hold Although on. Although I, th- I thought I heard that the woman he married last year, they were divorced already, or they canceled the wedding. Because they I, found uh, out she, you know, she was using his celebrity. <laughs> like, oh, go figure. You're in fucking jail. You've been there since the 70s. He's 83 years old. <laughs> With a Nazi swastika on his forehead. Oh, He's not man. the most attractive man out there. He's, <laughs> man, he's probably pissed because everybody took his idea and did it way better than him. <laughs> I mean, Helter Skelter's going pretty smooth, and uh, he's probably just kicking himself. Like, that should have been me. <laughs> That was my idea. <laughs> it was robbed. Pit the blacks against the whites, and then, you know, they all fight each other, and I rise to power? What did I do wrong? <laughs> oh, yeah, I orchestrated uh, dozens of murders and <laughs> got caught. Yep. So, yeah, if Tom Cruise is in there, I've always wondered what he could do in a Tarantino movie because of his work in Magnolia. And uh, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. I think he'd be really great with dialogue that Quentin gives him. Another part, like Eddie Murphy would be another guy I would love to see in a Tarantino movie. I yeah, think he'd would, be really good with the dialogue. That would be interesting. I just wonder if uh, Tom will sign on if he doesn't uh, get to run in the movie. <laughs> I'm sure he'll run. <laughs> he'll be running. He'll just, uh, you know, run in the scene whether he needs, he's supposed to or not. It's like, I'm just going to keep running until you, you know, you let it go. Stop saying cut. <laughs> well, about that time. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? What did you see, Brett? 
Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff. Let's start with uh, from 2017, Fist Fight. Ooh. Starring Ice Cube, Charlie Day, Tracy Morgan, uh, Christina Hendricks. Is that her name? Yeah. Jillian Bell, Dean Norris, Camille Nanjiani. Yep. Nanjiani. Dennis Haysbirth. I mean, there's a shit ton of people in this movie. Uh, Any good hands with Allstate? <laughs> he tells a fishing story. <laughs> Directed by Richie Keen. Uh, when one school teacher unwittingly causes another teacher's dismissal, he is challenged to an after school fight. Oh, this movie was hilarious. I would say WTM eventually. Ice Cube and Charlie Day have great chemistry playing off each other. Uh, Ice Cube is the the really angry, uh, no-nonsense teacher that nobody fucks with. Mm-hmm. And Charlie Day is one of those, you know, he's basically uh, Michelle Pfeiffer from dangerous minds yeah he's the english teacher that thinks that he's gonna make a difference in the the kids lives and uh so just by circumstance something uh, well it's the last day of school i'll say that and they prank ice cube some student pranks ice cube and something happens and ice cube's expecting charlie to have his back you know teachers stick together uh, but Charlie can't lose his job cause he's about to have a baby and he needs the money. And so he snitches on ice cube, gets him fired. And then ice cube challenges him to a fight after school. And so most of the movie is about Charlie trying to find a way out of the fight. It's like three o'clock high. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> is that I don't know what that reference is. It's a is. movie from the 80s where uh, the kid has to, he's supposed to fight the bully um, after school. At, um, Never seen it. I don't no, even so know if I heard of it. School ends at three, so he's trying to get out of it. Yeah. Up until three o'clock. Probably like that. Yeah. So then he's, he's trying to get out of it, and then he's trying to prepare for it. Tracy Morgan's in there being Tracy Morgan, you know, just shooting off one-liners. Mm. Um, Jillian Bell is really good as the... Um, guidance counselor uh and it's dean norris who was uh breaking bad breaking bad he was the dea brother-in-law he's fantastic as the principal uh just a really funny movie the fight scene at the end is is fantastic And, and there's a lot of laughs that you expect and then there's some stuff that just hits you like i didn't see that coming um so, yeah, I'd say Fist Fight, uh, WTM eventually. Yeah, it got uh, it got poor reviews, so I was kind of sour on it, but I was going to watch it anyways sometime. I was surprised at the poor reviews because I thought the commercials for it were hilarious. Yeah. And, I mean, the movie didn't disappoint me. I thought it was funny start to finish. They had a lot of good stuff in there. Um, so I don't know why the reviews were so poor, but... It was it was really funny. Well, good. Now my expectations have raised a little, so maybe I won't like it as much. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it anyways. You'll, you'll probably say, you know, it's worse than Norbit. <laughs> no, no, this 
This this is uh, less one note than Norbit. Norbit mm-hmm. is pretty one note with the fat jokes. This is uh, a little broader with the comedy, but it's uh, it's good nonetheless. Well, good. Well, I saw from 2016, The Accountant. Have you seen The Accountant? Yes. Okay. Directed by Gavin O'Connor, starring Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, John Bernthal, Jeffrey Tambor, John Lithgow. Eh, That's about it. Storyline. As a math savant uncooks the books for a new client, the Treasury Department closes in on his activities, and the body count starts to rise. So Ben Affleck plays this, yes, he's an accountant. He's on the spectrum. (laughs) Yeah, he's on the spectrum a little bit. Very good with math. Genius-level math guy. Hence his accountant position. Um, But he also kills motherfuckers on the side. It's not really a spoiler. Well, he he basically works for, uh, like organized crime, mm-hmm. cooking uh, their figures books. and yeah, he cleans up their books and makes them uh, audit proof. I guess you would say, mm-hmm. and then uh, he ends up having to protect himself often. Yep, and uh, yeah, he has a regular nine to fiver as an accountant at some strip mall to kind of keep up appearances. Yeah, but yeah, he uh, there's some great action in here. I would call it WTM. Eventually, it got around it was like fifty some percent, I think, from critics. So they were kind of wishy washy on it, but people fucking loved it. And uh, the director Gavin O'Connor, he did Warrior, which Jones and I are huge fans of. I think you like Warrior too, maybe not as much as us, but yeah, it was it was okay. Um, not great, but. It was, it was worth watching. And yeah, we fucking loved Warrior. Um, I wasn't as enthusiastic on the uh, the accountant as you are. But. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised uh, pleasantly. It was good action, good good Affleck in this one. It wasn't bad. Good Affleck. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he's he's such a weird character. It's kind of yeah. like, well, no, that's a very poor job of doing that guy that's on the spectrum, who's a very specific, like yeah. you can't. I mean, the, char- those people together the character easily. is pretty autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got to do exercises and stuff to keep him calm and, you know, keep his symptoms from acting up. Um, so I guess he does a good job with that. But I, I just, it wasn't, I don't know if it wasn't what I was expecting, but uh, I didn't think it was that good. Yeah, I just thought it was entertaining enough, basically. I, I wouldn't say... It's a movie where you turn your brain off, but it's I think it's one where you can kind of kick back and just enjoy a lot easier than a lot of movies. But yeah, I would recommend you see The Accountant. What else have you seen? Ooh, I'm trying to pick one. Let's go with uh, from 1975, Race with the Devil. Race with the Devil, you say? Yeah. Two couples vacationing together in an RV from Texas to Colorado are terrorized after they witness a murder during a satanic ritual. Directed by Jack Starrett, starring Peter Fonda, Warren Oates, Loretta Swift, or Loretta Swit, sorry, Laura Parker, nobody else that I've heard of, but... uh, 
I love this movie. This movie was fantastic. It's uh, so Peter Fonda and Warren Oates take their uh, wives on vacation in their RV, mm-hmm. and they uh, they're driving to Aspen, Colorado, and they stop for the night, the first night out, and instead of going to like an RV park, they uh, they just drive out to a secluded area in the woods or whatever. They're sitting outside and. They notice uh, somebody's lit up a pretty big bonfire just across the river. And so they they go get a little bit closer look, get their binoculars out. And it's uh, a bunch of people in hooded cloaks chanting and swaying around. And there's a guy in a mask going around the outside of the circle. And then they all start taking their clothes off and dancing and... So this girl shows up naked and she she gets held up by the uh the other people and the guy in the mask just like fucking stabs her in the chest and so they kind of freak out because the satanist saw them mm-hmm. so they're trying to get out of there and so the rest of the movie is basically them being paranoid about the satanist chasing them mm-hmm and then, like the, them seeing, you know, uh, you know, suspicious people all over the place, and, and it turns out to be a fantastic, you know, chase movie. There's some stuff that you don't see coming. It's a good, uh, you know, suspense and horror type movie. But yeah, I'd say uh, WTM soonish actually. Ooh, soonish. I like, I like it that much. Uh, so. Race with the Devil from 1975. If you get the opportunity, go check it out. All right. Maybe I'll heed that advice. I saw, for the first time, from 1986, year of my birth, Something Wild. Directed by Jonathan Demme. Uh, starring Jeff Daniels, Melanie Griffith, uh, Tracy Walter, Robert Ridgely, Ray Liotta, Charles Napier. John Waters has a cameo in there. Storyline. Free-spirited woman, quote-unquote, kidnaps a yuppie for a weekend of adventure, but the fun quickly takes a dangerous turn when her ex-convict husband shows up. Played by Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah, uh, this, is, um, this is a pretty fun movie. Great soundtrack. Um, kind of a road movie. Um, Jeff Daniels just happens to meet Melanie uh, Griffith in a cafe one day it's kind of yeah he is like a yuppie business guy doesn't really take too many chances although she sees him walk out on his bill and she confronts him about it and then she doesn't really give a shit she just wanted to call him out and then ask her to join her or ask him to join her you know so they go to a hotel and take care of business and next thing you know they're pretty much in love inseparable and that day that they decide to uh Go on a road trip down to Pennsylvania. And uh, along the way, they run into her ex-husband. Well, I believe still current husband. He was in jail, and he surprisingly got out of jail. Played by Ray Liotta, who is awesome in here. This is like his earliest kind of big breakout role. Yeah, there's a lot of comedy. There's some danger. It's thought it was a good mix of everything. And uh, the three main kind of leads, you know, Daniels, Melanie Griffith and Ray Liotta, I think they're all great. I think this is definitely worth seeing. Say WTM eventually. 
Watch this movie eventually. Picked it up on Criterion Collection. Ooh. Yeah, Fancy. Uh, well, it was on sale at uh, Barnes & Noble, 50% off. I think until the end of the month. All right. But yeah, something wild. Check it out. What's next for you? Let's do one more. 1993, CB4, uh, directed by Tamara Davis, starring Chris Rock, Alan Payne, Deezer D, Chris Elliott, Phil Hartman, uh, and Charlie Murphy. It's a rapumentary covering the rise to fame of MC Gusto, Stabmaster Arson, and Dead Mike, members of the rap group CB4. So, this movie was was pretty hilarious. It it actually plays out uh, like a parody of the movie Straight Outta Compton, but Straight Outta Compton came out like 20 years after it, because mm-hmm. it was basically a parody of, you know, early, na- early 90s gangster rap. Uh, so, the three main characters are basically middle class dudes that... Uh, steal the identity of Charlie Murphy's character after he goes to jail. and uh, Charlie Murphy! Yeah, so they're looking for their big break in music, and they can't get anywhere, and then they take on this gangster persona, and they hit it huge. And it's there's a lot of good music. If you like Straight Outta Compton, the mu- the song, there's a parody that plays quite a few times. Uh, straight out of Compton called Straight Out of Low Cash. <laughs> Chris Rock is hilarious. Charlie Murphy is amazing in this. Uh, so I'd say WTM eventually for CB4. Ooh. Especially if you're a, a rap music fan, especially of music in that era. You know, NWA, Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, Easy e stuff like that. Uh, I think you'll really get a kick out of it really well done chris rock wrote it so uh, it was right kind of in his heyday or you know the beginning of his prime so i would say check it out cb4 i will do i have been wanting to watch that for a long time but it's not always the easiest movie to find yeah i but i'm sure it's on cable or i can't remember I you can what rent channel it I watched. Easily. yeah i can't remember what channel i watched it off of it was Usually when I mean hard to find, it's like it's not, it's very hard to find it, like to buy it new. Oh, to buy it, yeah. I mean, you can buy it at certain other places used easier, but. Yeah, like I know they used to show it on like Comedy Central a lot, um, but yeah, it does seem like one of those movies that's probably underappreciated mm-hmm. and probably is due for a, a resurgence in a cult following. Yeah, well. Last movie we'll talk about. It's another film I saw from the first time from 1972. Ooh. Solaris. Directed by Andre Tarkovsky. Starring uh, Natalia. There's a lot of Russians in here, so I'm going to get some <laughs> names wrong. Natalia Bondarchuk. Donatus. <laughs> Beninois. I don't know. Jesus. Look at these names. Jury Jarvit, Vladislav Vorzetsky. Is it in Russian? Yes. Okay. 
storyline, a psychologist is sent to a station orbiting a distant planet in order to discover what has caused the crew to go insane. So this film I had always heard a lot about. Uh, there was a remake in early 2000s, late 90s. Steven Soderbergh did it with George Clooney. I think it might be even more recent than that. Oh, no, it was 02. 02, okay. Um, I, I've never seen that one either, but um, I'd always heard that this is, you know, one of the best sci-fi films ever made. You know, if not the best, you know, it's up there. Tarkovsky, very famous Russian director. Got this on Criterion, too. That's, I took two chances. Something Ooh. wild and Sarlaris. But uh, I would give this a WTM soonish. Now, that's actually kind of a disappointing rating for me because I figured it'd be uh, ASAP. But it just it doesn't hold up well enough because it's just so slow. It's yeah. two hours and 47 minutes. And the subject matter is very interesting, but it's basically a bunch of people talking inside of a space station for two hours and 47 minutes. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of great ideas they touch on you know, philosophical ideas, you know, questions about life, what it means to be human, things like that. So it poses a lot of very good questions and uh, kind of answers them to a certain extent. I, I can see why people call it a classic. I just don't think it holds up well enough to, I mean, the subject matter will kind of dictate that, hey, this should be an ASAP. Yeah. But it is so slow. That I gotta give it a soonish, and even that is like that is with a big caveat. Like, hey, this is a great film. There's, I mean, it's seventy two. The special effects, they aren't as good as like two thousand one, and like the movie, yeah. which came out three years earlier. In sixteen, I'm sorry, in sixty seven, it came out so about five years earlier, but uh, you know, it's probably a little bit lower budget because it was Russian. But uh, yeah, it was just it was hard to get through certain parts. I would say it's definitely a rewarding film. People like to contemplate things like that. But, uh, yeah, I'd say Soonish. Basically, it gets the Soonish rating just because of the pedigree it has. Versus, like, I wasn't blown away. Like, I'll watch it again, but it's going to... I'm going to take a few years off from this one <laughs> before I watch it again. There are some cool visuals. It isn't all, like, it's, it isn't cheap. Like, you can tell yeah. they, they put some money into it, but... I mean, it's kind of hard to live up to 2001's. I mean, even now, the special effects of 2001 are still incredible. They hold up yeah. today. But Solaris, yeah, I'd say go out and see it, but be prepared to be bombarded with, you know, philosophic questions and get ready to meditate and think about yourself and your life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Solaris. Anything else you want to add today? Today's episode. No, I think we uh, we covered most of it. Yeah, I'd say a lookout for our top five movies we give thanks for um, in a couple of weeks. I don't know, maybe you and I will, maybe we'll figure out an episode to do next week. I'm not sure. It's, yeah, we we probably make something. Yeah, we'll happen. talk about it and uh, work tomorrow, I'm sure. But uh, I think that'll about do it. If you guys could do us a favor, go out and rate and review on iTunes and or Stitcher or wherever the hell you're listening to this from. Because there's a bunch of stuff out there that will have our podcast available. I'm like, this yeah. is a platform that it's on? Like, I didn't put it on here. 
it just goes to those platforms like once you put them on the first couple it just spreads it's like a virus yeah is that why they call it going viral <laughs> yeah uh so yeah subscribe and uh, follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie you can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com and check out our website wtmwatchthismovie.com other than that we will check you later guess we'll see you around all right check you later bye wait man why are you always such a dork man what are you talking check about check you later check you later <laughs> hey man you off my case